All right, we are starting with our uh, very, very first episode for, uh, we're not sure what we're going to call it yet, but it's a, it's a podcast for the playlist, the official podcast for the playlist, which you can find at blogs.indywire.com backslash the playlist, or you can always just Google the playlist to find us. And I have with me um, our managing ever Ke- uh, editor, Kevin Jagernuth. Am I saying that right, Kevin? Am I? Am I- uh, yeah, the, actually, just like the Django trailer, the H is silent. Nice, very nice. And yeah. And our fearless leader, Rodrigo Perez. Uh, how's hello, it going? Hello. Yes, good, yes. Good. And we thought we would start with uh, an extensive chat review of Prometheus because all of us uh, liked and or disliked the film to varying degrees, I think. And um, I think it's an interesting movie to talk about, um, especially. And we should go ahead and just say we could we could spoil it from here on out. What do you say, guys? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, at this point, people who are, who are listening to this, I'm assuming will have seen the film by now. Yeah, I think it's going to give us the most worthwhile conversation to really just delve into what specifically did work and didn't work for us, and mm-hmm. maybe where this potential franchise goes from here. We'll we'll just have to see. Um, right. But uh, why don't we start with general thoughts? Um, I'm going to go to Kevin first, and um, why don't you just kind of give us, uh, yeah, broad broad strokes how you feel broad, about the movie? Yeah, sure. Um, broad strokes. Um, for me, the film really worked um, as a sci-fi thriller, as a part of the Alien franchise. Um, I thought it was one of the ballsiest summer blockbusters I've seen in a while, um, both technically and for what it has within it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm on the camp of it really worked for me. I really enjoyed it. I want to see it again, all that stuff. So, yeah, uh worked for me for sure. You've only seen it once, Kevin, so far? That's r- yeah. All right, I'm in the same boat. And Rod, I assume you've, you're just a one-timer so far? Yeah, I've seen it once. And will you be seeing it a second time? <laughs> mm, I don't. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see it again. I, 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 it didn't really work for me, but my dislike for it has, um, I guess, lifted a little bit since seeing it. Whereas I was feeling a little bit, not dismissive, but I was feeling like it didn't work at all and having thought about it a lot. It still doesn't work, but um, at least uh, some of the the themes in there are, you know, swirling around, I guess. Okay, okay, yeah. And then as far as my thoughts, I think I'm kind of, I'm mostly in the middle, but I'm closer to Rod on this, where overall the film just did not work for me and it and it falls apart as it goes along like it starts out really promising for me uh it's it started out really promising and the faster the pace went as the movie picked up it it became less interesting to me and they there were things brought up where i thought the film could have went directions it could have went that were much more interesting at least in my opinion and it decided to become kind of just a thriller all the way through the end and it, it lost me as it went as it went as it went on. One thing that, that didn't work for me at all is I thought the jump from when the movie opens and they're in the caves and they discover whatever that thing is on the wall, yep. and then like they immediately smash cut to oh my god we're on a spaceship. Yep. Um, I think there's about 20 minutes in there that needs to be that should have been there to tell more about who these people are, how they get involved with Wayland, all of that. Because, um, yeah, I thought it was a really jarring transition, frankly. It, it really felt like he was trying to get the film in under two hours, and so he had to cut something out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like it could have used more time as well, but I think it could have used more time overall. I don't think 20 minutes of 
that kind of setup, that 20 minutes of that would have been too too long and it been too much. But I think you could pad 20, 25 minutes even in throughout the whole movie, throughout mm-hmm. the pace, so that the pace is going to feel a little bit better because it just feels kind of rushed throughout. It really does. I mean, especially when you get what I think is the most memorable scene of the movie, and I think most people are... Uh, seem to be on board with this is the cesarean section scene, you know, where, mm-hmm. and that is an intense, uh, well-crafted scene. Um, but then from there, it's like all the logic just seems to go get thrown out the window where like suddenly Newman Rapace having just had this horrible surgery is running around and jumping over, you know, caverns and things like that. Like it just, it was weird how that was, that was this intense moment in the movie. And then the, the pace ratchets up to the point where we never even like think about that moment again. You know, at least the characters aren't talking about it. It's not referenced. It was very strange. Here's how I'll go see the movie again. If I got the script, mm-hmm. I'd love to read the script and see what the bare bones was supposed to be and what got left out or what, how the editing transformed the script. That's how I'd see it again, because it feels like things like that, that are, um, there's yeah I, I mean I I don't want to get into too much of because uh, God you can I think you can talk about it forever but like even isn't Michael Fassbender David David his David character chasing her like before she gets to the exactly. to the yes. and then he sort of I mean he's a, he's like the super robot he could get her in two seconds and then he sort of kind of gives up or the the film sort of just like drops the fact that he's chasing her and I I don't can't even remember exactly but it like there's so many things like that throughout the film that are just kind of like pretty frustrating for me i feel like they could have cut all of the earth stuff like everything where they discover the the scene you know they discover the cave and that convinces them that they need to you know pursue this further because the fact that that we we had that on earth and then 20 minutes later while they're on space they do the exposition scene where they run everything yeah. down you know and it's like right they're just, they're just telling us information we had already have and i thought there was a lot of moments in this movie where right but that. then but then later in the film the whole involved their whole involvement with Whalen becomes a major talking point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's an interesting story to be told about them, about these group of random, about these two scientists convincing a company to spend what is it like a trillion dollars yeah. to send them into space. I mean, don't I would you like think to that see how they, I would like to see how they convince them to do that or whatever. You think that's going to make interesting film filmmaking, like <laughs> board meetings with those guys, like telling them like, well, no, you know, actually, like. <laughs> I think that 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 even be, I think that makes it even seem more like 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 Lucas's uh, trade embargo stuff in in uh, yeah. uh, the the Star Wars movies. That's the most boring stuff in the whole world. Yeah, I got to go with Rod on that one. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like you can do things like um, develop character thing by getting them ready. I know, um, like if you think about, and I know. Kevin, uh, Kevin and I have talked on offline a little bit about um, uh, character development, which I think is low, and Kevin thinks doesn't necessarily matter. I'm sort of paraphrasing him, and but if you think about Alien, Aliens, the James Cameron version, when they're just like you know getting ready to go to the planet, they're you know they're just showing little lines of dialogue. This person's strapping in. This person's really excited. This person's going to barf. It all tells you. A little bit about everybody and um it goes a long way and i feel like prometheus is really really missing that yeah i, I would agree I, I would agree with you there to a point um 
I agree. I'm not saying that full 20 minutes needs to be a board meeting with the Waylands and a presentation, because yes, <laughs> that would be the worst thing ever. But yeah, I mean, more time with the crew before they get on the ship, I, I totally get that. But at the same time, um, my biggest issue, and this has been a common complaint about Prometheus, is that there's no character development or whatnot. But maybe it's just me, and, and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but... As far as I know, Alien and Aliens did not have the most well-rounded characters. And they were all, just like in Prometheus, sort of stand-ins as blue-collar guys who were all there essentially just to get off at some point in the movie. Yeah. So to me, it's, to me, it's not a deal-breaker whether I care about them or not because I know going in, these people aren't going to survive. Don't you think that's a bit of – I mean I disagree with you there and don't you think that's a bit of a poor defense as to why – oh, well, the the, first, the other films didn't have very well-rounded characters so it doesn't matter that there's no character development in this one. I think it is when people are saying uh, it's not as good as Alien for this reason. Mm. But see, I would say I, I felt differently especially about Alien – well, both of them. But Alien, you had to care about those characters and in Aliens it applies too. Like the fact that you have these moments with them and you get to know the characters at least a little bit before the shit hits the fan. Um, especially, God, just rewatching the first Alien, that is a really patient, slow-paced movie. Absolutely. And, and what happened to that Ridley Scott? Like I actually think the thing with Prometheus shows how much he's changed, I think, for the worse as a filmmaker over the three yeah. years. And Alien, man, he took his time. And I did get to know those characters and I felt... They were well rounded. I mean, Harry Dean Stanton and who is the the other guy in a- Alien? The 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 guy they're like basically just bitching about getting a pay raise through the first half of that movie. But yet, I feel like there's nuggets of of there's moments in there that let you, you know, understand who these guys are. They may be simple blue collar guys, but I don't know. They're way more well rounded. Yeah, that's the thing. They're so they're blue they're blue collar, but everything that they say informs you a little bit of who they are. Like because it's going to be a blue collar this type of person, and this then maybe this person's arrogant, maybe this person's this, and even if they're small little like overtures that gives them something. Whereas I think Prometheus does have that as well because you do get a sense of a little bit of a sense, but um, it just feels pretty underserved and. I don't well, know. Maybe maybe that's more of an issue of the pacing rather than the characters. Maybe if we, I think it all ties in together. If we had again maybe twenty more minutes, that would solve a lot of the problems. You mentioned that it is a it is an incredibly ballsy movie, especially as a summer tentpole. And I actually never really considered that when I was watching the movie. But you're absolutely right as far as how dark this film is, and the things it attempts to explore, which I, I don't think it does totally successfully. It, it is a really ballsy summer movie. Um, it is. I, I think you're right. I think, yeah, both in terms of the darkness of it, in terms of the, I mean, the ideas it has, whether or not they work for you or not, mm-hmm. it's a film that I think is more satisfying walking out of than say the Avengers or whatever, which, you know, the Avengers is great entertainment, but I would argue it has just as many, logical things that don't work at all mm-hmm. as Prometheus, if not worse. Um, so I think just on ambition alone, Prometheus is a ballsy summer movie. Um, and even going back to the cesarean section thing, I mean, I can't remember I've seen anything that freaky in a studio backed summer movie in like a long time. Well, I, I just want to say slightly that I, I think I'm one of the very few people that sort of disagrees about the cesarean section scene. I, I kind of think it was – I think it's um, 
I think it's horrifying in in concept and theory, and I don't think the execution is completely there. Ah. Um, I think they show actually too much. Um, I think they could have edited that scene a lot better um, and made it. I, that's the reason that movie got an R rating. Let's face it. If you yeah. take that, if you take that scene out of the movie, um, you've got a PG thirteen, and um, you've seen how people like Christopher Nolan and other people have made PG thirteen films very effective. And I think you could have shown less. I think that I, I actually honestly feel like that film, that scene was um, kind of clunky. And and I remember when it started, I remember thinking, oh my god, this is wow, they're going to do this. This is kind of horrible. And then thinking like. When by the time it was over, and of course, because it's just sort of like, oh, she sewed up and she's fine, she's running away, and it, like no one references and no one talks about it. it it's uh, significance and impact is sort of kind of like completely thrown out the window for me. Um, but that's that. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Stuff that worked for me, um, Michael Fassbender obviously is the best thing about it, yeah, because he's ironically the robot is the best character in the film. <laughs> um, he's the most human and well rounded out, so he's not only has been a great actor, but he's the he, he you know he's the best thing about it and in, in, in every sort of way in a, in a holistic way character him um I, I i do love the idea that he sort of seems like to me he's a, he's an interesting character because he's he's essentially playing like a butler on the surface but there's actually a lot more going on and some of that i think is because he's in service to wayland and he's sort of doing the secret mission thing for Wayland, um, and second of, uh, and and the second part is that I think he's just I think there's more humanity to him than he lets on, and there's that scene with him and Holloway, and Holloway's kind of arrogant to him, and um, sort of uh, you know he's like you know we created you because we can, and then David says to him, imagine what you'd hear, you'd think mm. your your maker said that to you, and. Essentially, there's the it's sort of a, a tête-à-tête, this sort of little face-off scene. And if you remember, if you recall it, Fassbender's character essentially lets David have the upper hand in the conversation. But it's because he lets him. Um, he there's a lot of going on. There's sort of like this sort of um, this is sinister streak going on, David. That's interesting. And and he, I think, in, ultimately, he believes he's much more sophisticated and much more intelligent and much more everything than these characters. And I, he, I think he's – I know that he's not supposed to have feelings or whatever, but I think he's actually growing a little bit of disdain for them. But he tries to hide it, and I think that's – a lot of that stuff's going on with uh, Fassbender's acting, which I, I just thought felt like that stuff is some of the more rich character stuff as opposed to, um, say, Numi Rapace, who's like – to me, is she's uh, – um, she's pretty one-dimensional. She's got faith, and she's a scientist, and she's grappling with those two things. But that's kind of it. And then she sort of turns into this action heroine. Then she doesn't even really she, – she doesn't really do a lot of action. She doesn't really do anything. She just doesn't die. That's about it. <laughs> she- and, I, and, 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 for, and, that, and for your um, uh, for your main protagonist of the film, yeah. that's all you get. That's, that to me is pretty so – if she had, So if she had whipped out a flamethrower and gone crazy, that would have been more satisfying? No, no. I, <laughs> if she would have uh, – I don't know. If she would have done something – other than what she had done, because her, her character is like really, really like. I mean, I think the only reason she's the lead is because they they need another female lead in this movie because that's the sort of the the sort of iconography of this of this franchise. It's like a, mm. a female led thing, and it's supposed to be you know. But what is what? Why? You know, what give me the reason why? Other than she gets impregnated, and, and that character and whatever her spawn ends up creating alien. Why does it need to be a female character? 
I think because women give birth, I think, is, is sort of a big thing. And so having a female character exploring the origins of mankind, I don't know. I think it adds another layer to that topic rather than, than it was than it was just some dude. Interesting. I'll buy that. Um, my thing with the new Mira Payas role is I tell me what you guys think about this. There's, um, you know, it's, it's happened a lot with foreign actresses where they do really well in their country or they have a success in a film and then they get English language roles. And I'm having similar issues with, um, Sibyl Kakeli from, she's on Game of Thrones. I don't know if either of you are watching Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. She was amazing. You know, she's the one who's with, um, uh, Tyrion Lannister in, in the show. Uh, she was like the the prostitute that connects that hooks up right. with, with Tyrion. Yeah, she was amazing. Have you guys ever seen Head On, the German? Yes, yes, she's great in it. And that's oh great. my, she's incredible, right? And I can't yeah. tell if in Game of Thrones that she's acting poorly or if it's just her accent that's like throwing it off and makes the dialogue sound kind of stilted, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I had a similar conundrum with Numira Pace where it's like, is is she is she just bland or is and not you know or is it her 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 just her accent that's throwing me off and makes her sound like she's just wooden in the in the movie. I I, I don't know. I, d- I just don't know if she's got that much going on. In fact, what I said of her grappling with like, you know, her faith and her science, I'm actually giving probably more credit than I mean that's there thematically. But do you really? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not. You got to think yeah. about it to really. To, you don't go. Oh, this character is doing this. I mean, it's a byproduct, but it's um, it's not really there. And 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 the overtures that are that are there written for it are kind of weak. Like, you know, oh, my dad gave me a cross and I, you know, so Ugh. therefore I'm religious, you know? <laughs> and then at the end it's like, I need to go find the answers because remember I'm religious and I need to go keep seeking because I'm a seeker. Did you remember that? You know what I mean? I don't know. It felt kind of. Yeah. Um, I'll say, I, I don't know. Numi Rapace worked for me fine. I didn't really have any issues, but. Uh, but then again, I haven't seen the Swedish Dragon Tattoo or Game of Shadows or whatever, so <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. So I'm I'm really on a first go. I mean, it, it was fine for me. My my real acting issue with uh, with uh, Prometheus is actually Logan Marshall Green. Yes, who I thought had absolutely zero presence and was totally outmatched by everybody in the film. Totally, I, I thought he was just the most anonymous person in that film. Well, his characters, there was no favors done to him by either the editing or the script. You know, we who yeah. knows what it was because he's one of the he's one of these characters that makes these leaps in where like I didn't understand how he went from. So they land on they land on the planet. They get to that the dome structure and they start exploring. They find some stuff. They get back to the ship because they have to race back from that storm or whatever, and immediately he just starts boozing like what 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 <laughs> yeah, like true, he, yeah. he went from like he went from excited you know and like ready to to explore and discover to like oh we found some dead people like i'm just he just like gave up right away like i i didn't understand how a guy that was supposed to be this strong of a scientist where they were able to convince Whalen to fund this expedition would just fucking quit so easily and just hit you know mm-hmm. and start hitting the champagne can we agree that the visuals were impressive yes. at least yeah no without a doubt i mean that's yeah yeah the the, the aesthetics the visuals the, the, to me unfortunately that the stuff doesn't does not make a good movie but yeah i mean right. all no, that stuff is yeah. top notch without a doubt now rod did, feel- did you see it in 3d i did and kevin what did how about you i saw it in 3d as well yeah all right i saw it 
2D and it was a film that was projected too. So I, oh, that's interesting. yeah, yeah. One of the rare theaters rare. where yeah, I live, yeah. where they're projecting in film. So, okay. It, that's great. But I mean, don't we all kind of expect that of Ridley Scott by now? I mean, every one of his films, if there's any, anything that's not lacking, it's always that. I think that stuff's always pretty top notch. And in this film, the film is a, is a thriller that's actually not very thrilling <laughs> and, and, an, and an action movie that's like or a horror whatever you want to call this thing I don't think it, it's very um, successful at any of those things and I think actually all the sense of horror and dread from the movie comes from its aesthetics from its visuals from its that that sense of dread is is not is not inherent in the plot I don't think or things that are going to happen because they seem to be spelled out but more just in like the sort of simmering brooding aesthetics Right, but, that's not, but that's not the first or last time a film has help from whether the aesthetics or even the score, which I thought was very good, uh, to help get the mood across. That's not no, necessarily no, no, a detriment no. to the film. No, no, not at all. I, I, yeah. I'm saying that's, but I'm, but I'm saying like that's how it achieves. To me, that's how it achieves. It. Yeah, I would and agree I think with it that. achieves yeah. it really well. And I, I guess I'm saying it, it. There could have been. It could have been more thrilling. It could have been more scary, more horrific, et cetera, by, I don't know, by the plot or things that happens or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, something else that stands out as far as working for me in particular is the opening scene, I think, is fantastic because I didn't know what the hell was going on. And for that, for a summer blockbuster, you know, like summer tentpole movie to start off and I'm like a little bit confused as to where they're going from the opening – that mm-hmm. was that was refreshing. That was really refreshing. And I still think it's kind of unclear. I mean, I think we can I mean, I assume it's Earth and that's the guy that created, you know, he created life on Earth basically in that opening scene, but it is never spelled out unlike everything else in the movie. So, I mean, yeah. That, that was well, refreshing. I, that's uh, actually you bring up an interesting point, Eric, which I really like is that for, you know, all the quote-unquote questions asked in in this movie it actually spells out kind of almost everything <laughs> except for um, uh, what you just mentioned. And um, unfortunately, it spells out a lot of things that the, it's spelled out, but they're even to that effect, they're pretty, they're pretty murky. So a lot of people are left with a lot of questions. But I mean, and we can get into these specifics, but I think a lot of it, like you said, is spelled out. And, and that is a pretty powerful and great scene. And I don't, maybe we have some thoughts on 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 what it means and what it is. I mean, Eric, you just gave yours, but uh, yeah, I didn't think it was Earth at all. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, I thought they were on. It was earlier. It was on the planet where they landed, but just before they arrived. And this guy was the original terraformer. Ah, okay. yeah, like he was left behind. He drank whatever that weird cup of tea or whatever whatever it was. Yeah, and he he drank that, became whatever it is he became, and just like. But but, but, what, but 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 more uh, uh, like literally, I guess, or you know, what 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 do you guys think it means? Is it like to me, you know, I've thought about it. Is it a suicide? Is yeah. it a sacrifice? Yeah. Uh, you know, what 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 what's going on here exactly? And you know, one of the theories is that like, if you think about that ship and you think about the ship later, yes, completely mm-hmm. two different ships, right? So maybe those are his creators. Right. Right. Oh, that's um, possible. True. Like, like yeah. The, the the film is all about creators and creators and creators. Right. Like, there's um, Wayland who creates um, 
the Fassbender character, yeah, yeah David, mm-hmm. and you know, there's all this talk. Of, you know, the films about you know, essentially, it's about creation, and it's also about a search for immortality, which we can get into a little bit as well. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, that's one of my theories that 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 maybe that's him on Earth and his creators have left him there, or it could be his planet and his creators are leaving him. I, I don't know exactly. I mean, it's, it's un- unclear and it's unclear in a good way. I mean, yes. I, I think, you know, the, the, what's um, happening out there is a lot of it. People are the defenders of this film and that's fine. You know, there should be, I mean, uh, but a lot of it is like, well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't spell out everything or it's, it's, you know, ambiguity is okay. And that's absolutely true. But I would argue that, um, there's ambiguity that, you know, like in the films of say, I don't know, Kieslowski or Bergman or even 2001 that illuminate, you know, yep. um, mm-hmm. that, that really, um, are profound. And, and that's what I f- feel is that kind of good ambiguity. And, and I think this movie doesn't have much of that. I think the ambiguity at the beginning is, is representative of that because it's thought provoking. And a lot of the rest of the ambiguity in the film is pretty unsatisfying and frustrating because it just feels, um, a little bit half baked. Hmm. Or maybe unearned, perhaps. Yeah, or yeah, or that too. Yeah. For me, like I didn't have an issue with the pacing too much, except for what I've sort of already said. But mm-hmm. to me, like I was totally involved as even as the pace picked up and and things started going haywire. I don't know. I it just that wasn't an issue for me. I I didn't really have the same problems you guys had in terms of. Um, maybe logic going out the window, which I still don't completely agree with, but I, but I see the point. You know, the, the errors in logic, at least for me, was, okay, <laughs> so they've landed on the planet, we're back at that part in the film, they go exploring in the dome again, and those two, the, the mohawk guy, <laughs> the, the guy with the mohawk, and then Larry the and Curly. Yes, right? <laughs> the two buffoons. These two fucking guys, they, they, <laughs> they... They one of them freaks out. He's like, "I'm I'm a geologist. I'm only about rocks, you know." And it just oh, and he, he's also let's not forget he's the tracker. He's the guy who's who's yeah. doing the the um who's basically telling everybody where they are. Right, right. <laughs> so he 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 freaks out, and that I remembered right when that happened. I was kind of a little bit puzzled as to why he was he's he's freaking out like at the sight of dead you know a dead creature whatever, and so he convinces the other guy to like leave and cut to oh shit there's a storm coming you guys need to get back to the ship and these two idiots are still wandering around in the in the dome like right the guy the guy who with the tracking devices that that (laughs) somehow got lost yeah that is the thing that makes me like facepalm like what the hell what (laughs) okay so and that that was extremely yeah facepalm like what the hell is going on that's just a dumb moment that i didn't need in the movie and then it it's like, okay, so they just, it it did essentially, it's like they just wanted to make a horror movie, I guess, and that was kind of disappointing to me. I love horror movies, I, I really do, but why, the fact that I don't think this, I don't think Prometheus needed to be a horror movie, or a thriller of any kind, and it just, that was... Oh, come on. That was sort of the... It should have just been, a, what, should have hit, what should it have been then? It, I Honestly, am I am I like sounding too pretentious for it to be? Couldn't it have been more contemplative and slower paced and really explored these other things? Okay, it could have had. It, it could have uh, had some. For, I think I think in a dream world maybe, but I mean <laughs> the the reality is that it's a studio backed movie. So at a certain point, 
you know, he has to go in a certain direction in terms of making something that's going to be a little more populous. So if you're, I think going in expecting a Tarkovsky level exploration of whatever is just not being exactly fair to the film. I actually, or, may, or maybe realistic. But right. I think what you're touching upon, Eric, which is one of my issues, which I feel like is the fundamental, one of the fundamental, I think that I feel like there's two fundamental flaws in the film. But one of them is that um, it's a thriller or, you know, a horror or whatever you want to call it. And then it's this other thing where it wants to sort of explore these big themes. And, you know, it wants to have its cake and eat it too. And both of these, it's, it ends up, you know, both kind of cancel each other out. And it doesn't, um, neither is satisfying. You know, like there's, it's not, you, you know, you can think of an ex- Inception as, as a, a great example of yes. something that's like a thriller or an action film or whatever. And it satisfies all those needs. And it has all these larger questions and explores all these larger themes. And it, and it satisfies that. I think that's the perhaps the ultimate example of that. I, I, I don't know of another film that's that heady and, and, and that successful in both of its, its two aims. Yeah. And I feel like in uh, Prometheus, it's sort of, uh, it ends up canceling each other out a little bit and it's not, um, well, it's well, each take away from the other, I think. Well, what ideas, I guess, uh, to maybe drill down a bit, did it, did it not satisfy for you completely? Well, I mean, I guess like, you know, what's throughout what we're talking about, like, cause it's just, uh, I think a lot of people agree. I don't know if you do Kevin, but I feel like it's a, a murky film and I feel like a lot of its themes and the stuff that it's exploring is like not that super apparent. I, I just don't feel like the execution is, is really there. And do, it, do you, I guess, story. do you feel that it's not pushed to the fore more? Like it should have been more upfront about what it's exploring? Um, not exactly because you don't want it to be like overly pronounced, but at the same right. time, it's just um, it's it's a little it's a little opaque and and again in not the best manner. You know, there's great you know ambiguity and opaqueness, and I and I I don't think I don't I don't think it's uh, it's it's got it going really like how it should. Mm. I know that's a little vague, but um, no, I understand what you're saying. I, I think you know Ridley Scott or had a tricky balance to try and pull off. Um, and yeah, maybe, you know, I think, I think it really comes down to whether you, you see the film as being leading too much toward just being an entertainment movie or, or not. Um, I would, it didn't really bother me that they didn't explore those themes more because I'm not sure exactly what that could have been. I, I think it was brought up enough that it added enough subtext or layers to it that it made the rest mm-hmm. of it satisfying to me um and i'm not really sure what more he could have done to that end without right i i think maybe maybe what i'm what i'm saying is, is that like on, on somewhat on, on a lot of levels it just doesn't um it it doesn't it's not satisfying on a whole level so there's a lot to like there's a lot of things like for example it like the, the the narrative choices, the motivation of things are just so clunky and um, murky that it, it's like, like why is there a sandstorm there? Why why did you write in a sandstorm into the scene so you could separate those two guys from the rest of the crew? Okay, and so that they could be killed, and we could introduce that there's something going on. But couldn't they have been killed anyhow? Couldn't they like? Did they have to have been separated from the crew? Did that have to happen like that? You know, there's things like that, like the the quote-unquote zombie thing, like, of, um, 
the the Mohawk character, whatever that guy's name, he comes back and he's a zombie and he's been infected or whatever. He we think we thought he died and he came back as a zombie, mm-hmm. but but why? Like what? Uh, to me, that felt like in service of oh, we need a uh, we need a tent pole set piece here. That's what I feel is is um, it's unsatisfactory about the thriller and action parts in the film. They all feel like. You know, you're, you're you're timing your watch to oh, we need a set piece thing here. So okay, well, we this guy becomes a zombie character, and you know, Charlize Theron, who clearly said in the scene, I, "You guys need my character to do more." Well, how about we give her a flamethrower and she kills that guy? Okay, so you know what I mean? It just feels like time, like that. That's what I felt about that scene. I th- felt like I remember Charlize Theron in some interview saying, like, you know, when she was first offered the script and being like, um, "I like it, but I, I need more to do." And I and I feel like okay, well, that's one of those things. They 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 rewrote mm. that scene and gave her the flamethrower so she could do something because the zombie character comes back. There's no talk about. There's a little bit of talk of, of contagion and infection, but it's never really referenced again. He, he attacks scene, everybody and 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 okay. But, and, but doesn't that scene also serve a dual purpose that she's super serious about? Not like that comes before she kills what's his face, right? Yeah. Kills, uh, numer- I, I think it really establishes that she means what she says in terms of, you know, this is these are the parameters this thing is operating on. What I say goes, and that's it. If, you know, I'm right, gonna right. do it. I'm gonna do what I can to preserve what, you know, what my intentions are with this mission. But I think it also uh, that sets that up as well too. I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is if even if we if if that scene's established that she's dead serious about this mission. I kind of say, okay, so what? What does that mean for the rest of the movie? You know what I mean? Mm, okay. Right, because yeah. ultimately she has very little control as to what the mission, what's going to happen. I, I felt like Charlize Theron was one of the most wasted actors in the movie. Like, I, I, I came out of the theater wondering what she was doing in this movie. Like, why? And also her character boils down to essentially every other Whalen corporate figure. Yes. I mean, okay, okay, she likes to get laid. Great. That was, <laughs> not, that was scene two where she said, you need me to give me more to do. So and, they, you know, they went back and they said, okay, Okay, we need her to be different. We need her to get us something to do. Let's have her ha- have sex with the captain. I'll, this, I'll agree. With the sea that captain. Scene, with, with yeah, the yeah I, I'll agree that that <laughs> scene was ridiculous because uh, it wasn't even in in line with her character as being a hard ass. It's in know, service of nothing. To the mission. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely useless. Actually, the whole that whole scene is in service of getting Idris Elba out of the cockpit or whatever, so that those guys try to contact him and they can't reach him. And I'll agree that's that was kind of. That was actually totally clunky. I'll totally agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. It's an excuse to get him out of there. It is. Yeah, they didn't have to. They they can get him out of there in any way. And why not just have him fall asleep or go to the bathroom or something else? Anything like it, the fact yeah. that okay, so I accept it. It has to have action scenes in it. It because it's a studio produced big summer temple movie. But and if it's gonna be a horror movie, there's no why do. We, why do so many screenwriters, directors just fall onto like, oh, these people are just stupid. Like they just do stupid things and that's how they get in trouble. It didn't need but to be the thing about the, the thing about the action and the set pieces or whatever, you know, Ke- you know Kevin's positive and, and he's right that this is an aliens movie. It has to be thrilling and it has to, it has to do some things for audience. It cannot be the Tarkovsky piece that some of us want. You know, it just, it cannot, there's no way this is a $120 million movie. Fine. That we can, I can totally accept that. But what did those action pieces or all the set pieces? How do they advance the narrative? Yeah. Most of them, I don't feel like most of them do. And I feel like most 
well thought out action action pieces or set pieces do advance narrative. Like they're they're there for a reason. Again, that sandstorm. I'm not sure what it's really there for. Um, the uh, the zombie guy. If, um, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. And so a lot of that stuff just feels kind of unsatisfying to me. Numi Rapace, she she doesn't beat anybody at the end. She just like the alien. She doesn't get killed. <laughs> you know, like the alien grabs the engineer, and she's she's not. I'm not saying she has to be badass like the way uh, Ripley was, but yeah, she's not actually an ex- much of a, an action heroine either. You know, she just she's the one who, who survives. Yeah, but I, for me, I mean, I think that survival is thrilling in and of itself. Uh, I don't think I necessarily needed her to to kick more ass or just. Yeah, do, no, no, I'm not saying that. You know, you no, know. but I know I know what you're driving at. But I, I, for me, I mean, as a defender of the film or whatever. I think after all the craziness that goes that happens, the mere fact that she survives all of that nonsense is to me it was, was satisfying enough that I didn't need more. Yeah, hmm. but I mean that's a, obviously a difference of opinion. Yeah, I think I think what you know you you, you guys referenced Inception as maybe being the benchmark for a heady action movie that can work as a summer movie, and I agree. I love Inception, but is the big difference there? the direction choices that, you know, the directorial choices by Nolan versus Ridley Scott, or is it the fact that Christopher Nolan, who's not a bad screenwriter wrote the script for inception and Damon Lindelof wrote it for Prometheus with, um, who is the other co-writer that John John Spates Spates, right. And we have to assume they must've wrote just different iterations. They did. They did not write it at all together. John Spates wrote the first draft. Yeah. Um, it was going to be a more direct alien prequel. Yeah. And then, um, Ridley, I think, was feeling somewhat, hmm, I'm not 100% sold on this. And so went to Lindelof and said, what do you think? Lindelof gave him his thoughts, which were basically, let's dial back a direct alien prequel. And I mean, his, uh, uh, you know, Lindelof's, uh, um, uh, his, what he did is, is the exact right thing. He was like, let's, let's not make it an alien prequel. Let's bring in these themes. Let's, let's do something a little bit different. And credit to him because otherwise you would have gotten a very traditional, uh, even more traditional uh, alien prequel and it would have been even less satisfying. But so, you know, he was the one who introduced all, all the, the meaty, heady stuff into this. But I, I just don't think it was uh, either written well or executed well. I, I just don't think it's it, it's successful in its aims. I mean, I, and and I think like you know a lot of people are applauding the movie for its ambition, and I think that's great. And yes, and and it's awesome that summer tent poles like this have something to think about. But I'm, I'm not going to give it a pass just because it is ambitious. Just to go back to the Inception comparison, I totally agree. Inception is a superior film and, and very, you know. In terms of summer blockbusters with ideas and ambition, it's clearly the top of the heap in some time, in some recent memory. But I think to compare the two is a bit unfair. Yeah, they're Um, oranges and apples. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, what Christopher Nolan pulled off essentially is a narrative trick, and he did it really well. Yeah, they're very different. All I was saying was just as in that they're both like. Let's yeah. say they have a lot of action beats and they have a lot of heady stuff. And but I, I would I feel argue, like- yeah, but I would argue this, the heady stuff in Prometheus is harder to. I mean, and this I guess gets back to admiring film for its ambition or not. But I think the ideas contained within Prometheus are harder to pull off in the context of a summer blockbuster than maybe. I agree with you. The other main fundamental flaw is that it's essentially just half a film. Yeah. Um, it's. 
you know, it's like the rest, it's, 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 it's a film in service of a sequel. And that's your, you've got big problems when you're making a film and you're making it almost entirely, uh, just to set up a sequel. I mean, I think we can all agree that's, that's not very wise and writing and it's not a good plan to ever do that. No. I mean, it, 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 it finishes one tale and raises another. And the, the, the story that it finishes is a pretty, um, it's like, hey, hey, guys, guess what? Here's how the alien was born. The DNA of this mud was Ugh. put in this guy's eye. This guy had sex with this girl. Their DNA mixed. A little alien baby was born. This alien baby grew up, and it killed an engineer. And then and in the DNA of that thing was born an alien. You know, <laughs> at the end, pops out, hey, everybody, you know, secret scene or whatever at the end. the I just, And just, while well, one, that scene is so in service of fanboy yeah. that it's sort of really hyper annoying. And so that that's what essentially that this movie does. It tells the story of how the alien was born, or what what led the the events, or the you know you can the the creation of it. If you can you can you can see four or five you know layers of DNA going to this creation, and then the the other thing that it says is like is is which is would be explored in the sequel should it happen is what you know Nomi Nomi replaced trying to find the answers to why did these people uh, give up on us. Um, and you know, I want to figure out my maker. So I'm going to take this robot head with me in the ship that, and we're going to go, I don't know where we're going to go and try and find some answers, which, and I hope, I, I I honestly, for their sake, I hope they don't make that movie because (laughs) I think it will be even less successful than this one. Um, and I, I, I'm sure it's not written. And if they did, they're going to have some issues with it because it would probably be, uh, in theory, it would be even less actiony and science fictiony than than well not science fictiony but more you know what I mean I, I couldn't see it really being much of a thriller. Um I know someone said vote? was it what on the Kevin was it on the, the the Rope of Silicon podcast where um someone was positing that uh uh that it, she was going for revenge which seems really um antithetical to her her character yeah 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 someone is, said that I, I don't think she's going for revenge essentially no yeah she that's uh, she's never that kind of character and no. she was, uh she's it's a, it, that would be antithetical to who her character is she's a seeker right she's a believer mm-hmm. she's, and 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 then that's the only kind of thing i guess i like about her character is that is it shows that sort of mix of uh her sort of uh the science versus the the believer in her and so she's right. you know she could go home right she could just figure this out and and then she says something like well i need to find out the answers and david says which i kind of feel like he uh, he's speaking for me when he says like the answers are sort of irrelevant yeah <laughs> you know? um he says something to that effect i can't remember exactly what he says but he basically says don't bother going to find them but she says i have to i have to know i'm a believer and uh i need to find the answers she's a seeker you know so that, I guess, enforces stuff about her character, which I guess I like because it feels like it's something and it's something chewy and meaty or whatever. And, um, but that's my take on the ending. I don't, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like endings that just that are go more and stay tuned for part two. I don't ever want to see that in a movie, really. Yeah. The, the, I mean, for me, the ending, I mean, the alien thing didn't really bother me too much. Um, I don't know why, it just, was fine. It didn't really bother me. I'll agree. The cliffhanger ending is uh, ridiculous. I, I really don't like it. But then again, the ending of every Marvel movie is a <laughs> is a wait is a wait for the sequel moment. So uh, 
But yeah. I would argue that those movies are at least self-contained. There are scenes at the end yeah. that, that, that point, there, there are secret scenes, point to um, what can happen next, but I would argue they're self-contained films. Like Captain America has a story. Really? Of- Iron Man 2 is a self-contained film? Iron Man 2 is a mess. That yeah, thing was a disaster. Let's not use that one. That's the worst. <laughs> if, you, if you even look at Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, um, they are self-contained stories, and they could have. Let's say they never had money for a sequel or something. That'd be fine, you know. Like they, they, they were, their stories were yeah. told, but they have those little secret scenes at the end or whatever that that tease what what can happen next. This is very different, and it, it leaves things dangling in a very episodic way. That's and, like right, and that was actually not the answers to these. To the, you're getting some of the answers to this film, but you're not getting the rest of the answers to the stuff until um, part two. And right. you know, I would argue that, like, you know, 2001 doesn't. You don't need to argue it, but 2001 doesn't uh, doesn't like not only set up a sequel. It's just like the other thing is that it's troubling. Is that like I feel like the the thing with this movie is that there's um, all these uh, like you know again like some of them at the beginning. What's this? What's that? What are the what are the answers to these things? And I feel like the difference between say this movie and say you know two thousand one or you know some of these other enigmatic classics if we want to call them that is that these other movies don't have answers. They they like. They're, they're things that you're just meant to contemplate and uh, right. you're going to come up with your own imp- interpretation. Whereas this movie, I feel like there's definitely concrete answers to these things that Ridley Scott and Damon Lindelof know that they're just not answered on purpose because like you're either got to tune in for the sequel or there's, there's a lot of withholding going on. There's no, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about say 2001 is the ending is just ambiguous and, and, and strange and bizarre and profound in this way that like there's no answer you're n- you're, you're never going to get a concrete answer because there is none but it um, is the end of that story that that yeah. is the end of that story but again but again comparing 2001 to this is apples and oranges i mean that film wasn't it wasn't ascribing to be a summer tentpole it was ascribing to be stanley kubrick is going to make a science fiction movie and this is what it's going to be sure but i, the, I, but I think just, we but i think just to just to i think we can i think that the ending and the various cliffhangers that don't work are all a product of Damon Lindelof who and his TV experience because I mean he's known for Lost and for anyone I mean I, I watched Lost right to the end and it is and actually the things that don't work even the ending which doesn't really bother me I can totally see but I can agree that for a lot of people it will be frustrating it's indicative of how he writes yes. which is which at its worst is horrifyingly frustrating it's just <laughs> awful um and yeah, well, I think if he, the, and I think if he wants, I mean, he's writing, he's rewriting World War Z, and that's, I think that is a horrible, horrible decision. Yeah. Um, because I think he's going to bring some of his worst tendencies to the third act of that film, which I'm sure they're going to try and set up for a franchise. And so we're, I'm fully expect it's going to be another cliffhanger ending, uh, made to set up a World War ZZ whenever that happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what so, I was trying to say earlier is that like he and maybe even some of the some people who I've seen writing about this film sort of, you know, it's ambiguity mistaken for profundity. You know what I mean? Whereas I think yeah. it's just like, it's, I would agree. It's, it's, not it's, it's not, it's, it's like, yes, they're playing around with a bunch of big themes and stuff like that, but they don't do much with them. And no, they, they, I would agree. They introduce them. Yeah. And, a lot of things are introduced, yeah. but, yeah. and, and let's give the film credit for that. But, uh, what do, what do they really do with them? Not I don't feel like a lot, and I feel I'm not sure of that. I don't know Lost, and I don't I never watched it, but um, 
Yeah, it's just a lot of things introduced, but they're they don't they don't go anywhere really. And maybe Kevin can speak to this because he like he knows Lost and stuff. But like you know, Ridley Scott has said that this is his director's cut. And there doesn't need to be any other cut. And I and I think that's because from my posit and not knowing Lindelof's writing that well is is that you know they're purposely withholding. So there's 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 no reason why they would make another cut because then they'd have to show things that they don't want to show yet. Um, yeah, that, that's about right. And but the problem with Lindelof, especially in Lost was that he introduced a lot of things that were never, ever resolved. Yes. Or that he would just, or that they would just, you know, knowingly never address again or forget about. And right. that is, that, that's the biggest shortcoming of his writing. It's one thing to introduce something if you're going to get to it later or you're going to resolve it in a satisfying way. But he, his track record has proven that's really never the case. I agree. And yeah. I, I watched Lost too. And I, I think some of the most frustrating stuff, even more than the things that weren't addressed that were brought up earlier in the show, is when they would, like in the last season, they, oh, re- oh, yeah. they really shoehorned in some horrible, like just a character would just explain something and suddenly that was supposed to, you know. So, yeah, to resolve or satisfy those things. That yeah. never worked. Yeah. He's got creativity and he can come up with these things that get your brain you know, firing off and you're wondering, but he, I don't know if he can, he's yet to really prove he can fully satisfy. On I think he, things. I think he just has a lot of ideas, but I think it would really benefit him to like write down all his ideas and then eliminate half that list and then write from that. <laughs> I, I really think he just gets carried away with, Oh, this is really cool. You know, I really, I really want to talk about all these things, but then he ends up shortchanging a lot of it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> Oh, can I just say that, um, and, and this, you know, a lot of people will go, oh, but like, you know, the whole, you know, you know this film, in a way, it, ha- it has its own midichlorians, you know, yeah. you know, the midichlorians being the, yeah. the explanation of, of, uh, of the what force. the force is in yeah. Star Wars, which is like, it just ruins the magic of it. <laughs> in, in a way, you've got your DNA baby batter that are the midichlorians. They yeah. just showed everything, you know? Yeah, the, it's like the I got goop. it. I, oh, now I yeah, black goop meets this, meets that, meets that, meets alien. There you go. That's how it was done, and that's in complete contrast to what Dale, Damon Lindelof says about what he doesn't like about prequels. Is that you know it expels out stuff that we already know, or you know, um, and and I, I feel in that sense, this movie is an exact prequel to um, Alien. Like it, it basically tells you, okay, this is this is how this happened. Here's you know these guys. What the more interesting stuff in the film is like, you know, like some of the ghost stuff in the film, like the, 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 those, the, why are the engineers running? Well, the engineers are running probably because these things that they created, um, not the alien, but alien type things turned on them, right? That's Mm -hmm. something burst out of their chest. Yep. Um, and that's the interesting stuff that I think if they're going to do a sequel that they should try and explore, because that's, I, I mean, you know, again, um, something I didn't like, which it, it seems like, I mean, it seems like the, like, you know, the guy, and, and I don't like it because he spelled it out, but it, Idris Elba's character, the, uh, the captain, yeah, he basically nails it when he's like, oh, so this whole spaceship in a tomb was a, you know, it's weapons of mass destruction and they're going to go destroy earth. Right. And we, they, they know that the ship's heading towards earth and, and it's going to destroy earth. And that's why they do that suicide mission thing. Um, but why have he of all people yes. to figure that out? Why? Right? Yeah, why, exactly. Why How is he the one that goes? I get it. It's weapons of mass destruction. They're, you know, shouldn't shouldn't there be a scientist who figures this out? Not the captain who essentially is like a sea 
like you know he might as well have had like a, a a pipe and been like on a like a sea captain you know that's what <laughs> i felt like his character was yeah um and so that was disappointing for for him to reveal that and not only like him being that character but an expository dialogue but anyhow so like yeah the, i think one of the really interesting exciting things is like how I mean, I guess you, you sort of you, you sort of know that something burst out of their chest. So one of the forms of alien, maybe not the the alien thing, because it hadn't been quote unquote quote unquote born yet. But um, yeah, there, you know, what happens to all the engineers? Why is there only one guy left in that pod? That sort of stuff is that maybe the the that's the interesting stuff to me, and that's the stuff that maybe will get explored in the next one. I guess. Well, here's, maybe but here's but here's the question. It, are we even going to get a Prometheus two at this point? I know it made it was number two this weekend, right? And it made fifty mm-hmm. million. So, I mean, that's got to be a success for an R rated movie. Def- yeah, it's definitely a success. Uh, yeah, it, combined I with don't... international, it's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. What? Like, let's not even get into that. I think this could be a completely successful film financially, and we might not even see a sequel because what is it going to be? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and the other thing is they'll, I don't know. Here's the other thing that could happen if it's really, really financially successful. Remember, because remember we got our, these are legs. These films go on. They make a shit ton of money over a period of time. Yep. Really Scott might not end up directing it. If there's not, if an idea is presented that he doesn't like, but Fox wants to go through with this thing, maybe they'll just, you know, they'll do what they did with the other alien franchise and someone else will direct. Damon Lindelof has already said that the series should probably use another writer after him. And like you said, Rod, like it is an alien prequel. It explains by the end, we get that, sh- that scene that explains the origin of the first alien, but they weren't even fully successful in that end because I thought when the engineer was taking that ship, you know, the, the shoehorn shaped ship up into space, I'm like, oh shit, that's where the space jockey came from that they discover in the first alien film. And then I had forgotten that they're not even on the planet that they, that they go to in alien, correct? It's a different planet. Or it's a different moon, I think. Did you guys catch uh, that? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a I, different, heard that, I, I, I don't heard that remember. Too, but I don't. But I never caught that personally. Yeah. So from what I've looked, it, it's a different planet, and I thought I didn't realize that until after the movie. I looked it up. Like I think on the IMDb page, they list it as. I think the planet in Alien. It's called LV two four two. I think. Right. Right. And in this, the one they're on in Prometheus is L is like LV two two four or something like that. It's it's a different planet, and. So why? it's not that. So so it doesn't set up. So someone's going to say. So there, there you go. That's, that's why it doesn't put, set up the exact things of right, of but Prometheus because it's a different planet. But so what? I mean, exactly. we found out how aliens were born. No, it doesn't make a difference. No, it doesn't. And ultimately, is it just going to be the ship that Numi Rapace and and uh, Fassbender's character just flew off with? Like, and then they'll encounter. They're going to have to encounter more engineers, or at least one more that's going to serve as that. But if that's all, the, if if this is going to be a trilogy for, I don't know why they would oh, do that. Oh God forbid! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if if it is like, if that's the only end, then it ultimately has just been a bunch of BS and then, oh yeah, here's the, here's the origin of the alien, you know? And that, that's really cynical in a way that I thought that they were going to avoid when they kept saying leading up to the film, like this is, you know, there's a better way to do a prequel. It doesn't have to be direct. And it does seem, yeah, it seems so direct. And that's really cheap that, that that I feel a little bit, uh, uh, disappointed in them for, I mean, I know they have to sort of uh, deny it a little bit at first just because they were playing super coy and I think they've all admitted now like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a prequel and, and, but it's just that 
I don't know. So, yeah, so what if it's two different planets? I mean, someone will say, is there a movie between how the events, the exact events that lead up to Alien? I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest. But. Yeah, I mean, even as someone who likes the film, I have no interest in a sequel. I don't, I don't think it's necessary, and I would totally agree that a sequel would, like, if you didn't like the film, I, I think it would exacerbate all the problems that you that people would have with this film. And even as someone who likes the film, I don't, I don't need a literal step-by-step play-by-play of like the bridge between this film and Alien. I, I just don't think it's necessary. I'm kind of surprised you say that as a fan of the film that you don't want to see. Because I, uh, yeah, I mean, because I think it it gives enough that I that I don't need any more for me. It, like I'm satisfied. Hmm. That's I really just, interesting. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's so it, it raises all this interesting stuff and. It, it doesn't satisfactorily satisfactorily answer stuff or leaves a lot of stuff dangling. And, you know, um, that I almost feel like they need the sequel to explain some stuff. But then again, I'm not sure if I'm really interested in it. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat. I, I, so none of us really care for a sequel, but one of us likes it. That's, that is weird. 